Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Steelers fans, we know that you're probably struggling out there with, with Monday after the Steelers lost to the Ravens, but we got to break things down still. I'm here, Chris Carter, with Ray Fittipato of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the North Shore Drive podcast. We're going to break things down. Ray had some, some really interesting grades on the game, and after talking to players in the locker room, wanted to give you all a sense of where they have to improve the most. We're going to talk about both offensive and defensive lines, the quarterback situation, and if you're watching for anything, especially if Kenny Pickett can't play, what are the what are the things you're watching for to see this team develop something and salvage something out of this season? We'll talk about all that and more right here on today's edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato, and we are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. As always, we're brought to you by the Accuracy Fan Advantage, the power to project one of our Post-Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office by using augmented reality. You can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Accuracy Fan Advantage. No apps to download, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Accuracy Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Remember, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, and especially on YouTube. If you see this video, like it, subscribe to this channel, and you'll get all of our daily content that comes out here, and especially our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast. As I said, I'm joined by Ray Fittipato. Both of us were on hand for the Steelers' disappointing loss to the Ravens 16-14 at Acrisure Stadium on Sunday. Ray, you were not holding any punches in your your uh, your report card. You gave the quarterbacks an F, the running backs uh, got a B- minus, as well as the receivers, the offensive line, defensive line, both got Fs. Uh, the linebackers get a D minus. The secondary gets a C. Special teams F minus. I've never seen an F minus before from you. Jeez, they, they uh, were terrible. They were terrible. They were terrible. We're gonna get into that too. Uh, and then coaching an F. I, I agree with a lot of these grades because, and especially we're gonna start with the with the trenches. I, you know, I think that we can talk about. And, and Paul made this point on the post game show. Uh, Paul Zeiss, our our our, our partner at the post, said with Adam Bittner. He, he said, you know, I don't care about schemes. You've got to be able to stop the run. And it's clear this defensive line, it's better than last year. This defensive front is doing better in general. But they're also still not a good defensive front to stop the run. They've been able to survive it the last few weeks. This week, they just got completely bulldozed by an offense with a third-string quarterback at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, Chris, Cam Hayward said it after the game. They, everyone knew in that stadium, including the Ravens, and the Steelers, that they weren't going to pass the ball in the fourth quarter, especially on that final series. They were going to line up. They were going to try and shove it down the Steelers' throats, and the Steelers were powerless um, to stop it. So um, 215 yards rushing against a, a, a season high for the Steelers, 
Uh, and that's coming off a terrible second half um, against the Falcons, Chris. So you yeah. just wonder, you know, before that Falcons game, they were seventh in the league in rush defense. You just wonder, did they build up that number? One, because teams were passing at will on them. Number two, were they just facing some bad running teams? And are we really back to square one where we were at the end of last season looking to rebuild this thing and, uh, you know, trying to uh, just get better better in the fundamental um, aspects of the game? I mean, everyone in the Steelers locker room will tell you, you got to stop the run. you got to put quarterbacks like that, especially a practice squatter like yeah. Anthony Brown, put him in situations where he has to throw the ball. They really didn't do that yesterday, and um, that's the reason they lost. And, and, heck, the one time they did, he threw it like 20 yards over the head of his intended guy. I, I also yeah. thought this was an interesting point by you. If there was a schematic thing to do differently with the defensive front, it was in the final drive when the Ravens were able to get that first down to, to basically win the game, they needed to – uh, they needed to overload the box. There, there was, there was no threat. If, if you know, if they call, if John Harbaugh calls play action and he lobs it in one-on-one -on -one coverage to Devin Duvernay and he beats Cam Sutton, so be it. You'll take yep. that. You'll take that chance over the, obviously their strength of their running game, and they didn't do that. So that that that's my biggest critique on on the on the scheme of it. But I, I think we saw, especially on defense, this group just needs fresh blood that I think is going to be able to change the line of scrimmage, be aggressive. Cam Hayward even said on the on the 44-yard run, he said, I messed up because I was trying to do too much. And whenever I hear a player say that, it means they're trying to help other people in their jobs because right. they think the other people are going to lose. And I think that's just the problem. Cam Hayward's still a very good defensive lineman. There's no doubt about that. But he he is trying to make up for Montrevious Adams losing in situations, Tyson Alulu losing in situations. And when you do that, eventually teams are going to realize that and they're going to say, hey, we're going to attack where he's leaving because he's trying to help that guy over there. And that's when everything starts to fall apart. Yeah, he was playing some nose tackle yesterday. We saw that last season, Chris. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they had issues at nose and Cam had to fill in. So, I, you know, I suppose they're a little bit deeper at defensive end. They want to strengthen the middle. But um, you're right. Uh, they, they, they just need new blood. Um, throughout that unit. Um, you know, Chris Wormley was injured yesterday. He did, um, yeah. A knee injury. Um, never any positives to, you know, to come out of an, an injury like that. But over the final month, I do think we're probably going to see what Isaiah Lautermilk is all about. You know, we're almost two years into this guy's career. He's a yeah. big body. I mean, if he can't stop the run, he's, he's never going to be a pass rusher. Um, they they got to find out about him. So, yeah. you know, he, this last month of the season here, Loudermilk, the Marvin Leal, young guys that were drafted and drafted, you know, middle rounds, guys you expect to contribute, they got to step up. And if they don't step up, Andy Weidel and Omar Khan better start thinking about using one of those first three draft picks on another D lineman. Yeah, shoot, they might need to use multiple of them because they need to. They need this. This for this defense to work the way it's structured, it needs guys up front because it's those guys up front when they're stuffing the run. It then allows T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith to be more aggressive against against the against the uh, against the pass. It also sets the tone for the secondary to not have to do too much. It also keeps the linebackers clean so that they don't have to do as much. It all starts up front, and the Steelers didn't start up front. And on the opposite side of the ball, real quickly, Ray, the offensive line. They got beat up a lot as well. There were times in the game where you started to see something 
taking shape for Najee Harris. But eventually, you know, they not only were they allowing pressure, they allowed the hit that the, they allowed the pressure that caused Kenny Pickett to get knocked out of the game, but also they didn't see enough push to kind of help balance the game out, slow things down, and get the Steelers the breath of air that they needed. Yeah, and I mean, I the, the main reason I gave them an F was because they got Kenny Pickett concussed again. And uh, yeah. how many again. times is that going to happen? Um, you know, Mason Cole and Kevin Dotson, obviously a mental error on their part. I don't know if it was Mason or Kevin who screwed that up, but um, a linebacker came free, um, you know, had a shot at Kenny. Kenny eluded him, and then he kind of stumbled, and that put him in a very vulnerable position um, you know, to kind of be slammed to the ground by Roquan Smith there. So, yeah. you know, very unfortunate for, for Kenny to get concussed again. Um, and, uh, you know, you mentioned it too, the running game looked decent at times, but they never got on a roll with it, you know, and it was right. almost like, here, here's my take on, on the run game. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett got out there and made some plays early in that game before he was concussed. I think he had a 14-yard scramble. He had another scramble for a first down when Mitch Trubisky came in the game, he didn't do that. He wanted to sit mm-hmm. back there. He wanted to be in the pocket. He didn't have any interest in running the football. And that got me to thinking about what Mike Tomlin said last year, all year harping on the lack of mobility with Ben Roethlisberger. Well, if you're going to go out and recruit a guy like Mitch, Mitch Trubisky in free agency, he better do the things that Kenny Pickett does. And those, right. those runs – were important. They moved the chains early in that game. That was a dogfight mm-hmm. back and forth. You know that was you know that that was a uh, a close football game early, and uh, you know Mitch just wanted to back sit back there and sling it um, instead of using his athleticism. So you know I, I thought if Kenny could have stayed healthy, I think he could have been a bigger factor in the running game. But you know by and large that Ravens defensive line just kind of stood up to the to the Steelers offensive line and really didn't let them do too much. And when you get both sides of the trenches lo- losing, that's a that's a way to lose a game. It's still remarkable that even with that and three interceptions and the block field goal, the Steelers still only lost by two. I think it's kind of crazy when you think about think about that. But we're going to get into the quarterback play in a minute because Mitch Trubisky talked after the game about what happened there. We'll get into that uh talking more about what the Steelers uh, need to be looking at quarterback wise moving forward. But first, before we do any of any of that, we do have to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa. Valley Pool and Spa, wouldn't it be nice to, if the holidays were stress free? A hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna from Valley Pool and Spa will help you feel like it is. You can relax and soak in a hot tub or a swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. Refresh and rejuvenate in a Finlayo sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than the frosty in Aruba. Save big now on all in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas at valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, it's Chris Carter and Ray Fittipato of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette breaking things down on the Steelers. Ray, you gave the quarterbacks an F, or I guess the quarterback an F because Kenny Pickett only played two drives. Um, first, what was your let, let's get into this before we get into Mr. Trubisky. What was your understanding of how uh, of how Kenny Pickett was able to go back in the game and then had to come back out after? Well, Mike Tomlin, the way he explained it afterwards, um, and Chris, you were in the press box, you saw Kenny Pickett stayed in that blue tent a while for a good five minutes or so. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think everyone in the press box was thinking, okay, he's probably done. Mr. Trubisky was warming up. 
And then he emerges, he puts his helmet back on, and he starts to warm up, and then he goes back in after the Ravens punt. Um, and the way Tomlin explained it after the game was he was obviously cleared after he left the tent. Mm-hmm. And then sometime during that series, I think it was a relatively short second series, might have even been a three and out for the Steelers. I think, I think it was a three and out. Uh, Tomlin said he became symptomatic, and then they shut him down after that. So mm. uh, I am sure tomorrow at his news conference he's going to get grilled a little bit more um, you know, on the process of – you know, who cleared him, you know, how, how did this happen? But, you know, he just explained it afterwards that those symptoms kind of came on, um, you know, when he was out on the field. And, you know, sometimes that, that happens, you know, you could be sitting or laying down and you could, you know, answer all the questions that they have for you. Um, but when you get out there and you run around a little bit, maybe he got dizzy or, you know, maybe some symptoms came on. So that was the explanation afterward. But again, tomorrow, I think, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin will be asked a couple more questions about uh, the whole process. I, start, I certainly expect it. I, and, and, but again, I think this is part of the, the the concussion protocol process is a lot of it's checking for signs. You know, there's no there's no machine that says, do you have a concussion? Yes or no. It's we do these tests. If you pass these tests, we will let you play because we think that you're doing. But Kenny Pickett's also been that guy that. I think he powers through a lot of pain. I saw him take on a lot of hits in his time, and I saw him uh, I, I saw him power through a lot of pain. There was one time he finished the game on an ankle he needed surgery on that took him out for about three more weeks after that. Um, so it probably was a factor of the Steelers did some tests and he passed them because he was probably toughing through them and trying to get back out there. Hey, Kenny Pickett's up again. He's a competitor. He wants to do that. And then it probably was after that, after that one series, they probably checked on him and they were like, Nope, this, there's something that's not right here. Let's go take you into the locker room and look at this further. And then that's when they shut it down. So I, I, I we're on the same page as far as why it happened. It's, I think it's just the concussion protocol is a difficult thing to measure. Um, yeah. You know, but and it'll be interesting to see if there's any investigation like the Dolphins situation to see if someone short of the process. I, I don't anticipate there to be because, again, he was in there for a few minutes and it wasn't like he was out out cold on the field. He got up slow. Right. Um, but, you know, at, alive, I thought it was his shoulder that got hurt, not his not his not his head. So yeah. I, I do think that there's some differences there. But let's let's talk about Mitch Trubisky now. This guy th- comes off the bench first drive. Throws a touchdown and everyone's like, Mitch Trubisky, he's back. And I guess that he's this is gonna be his day to have redemption for all for being benched for a rookie. And then he comes out and throws three interceptions, all of which he takes credit for uh in the in the press conference. At, I, at first I thought it was that Steven Sims ran the wrong route, but afterwards, after the game, he said it wasn't that. He said Pat Fryermuth was jammed at the line, and the timing was he was supposed to break over the middle uh first. And before Steven Smith, Steven Sims got to his route and I should have come off of him when the timing was off and just checked it down to Steven Sims because that would have been an easier play and kept the drive alive. What was your assessment as far as Mitch Trubisky in far as, as far as he should be further along than he is where with the Steelers right now, or, or is this yeah. just what happens when a, when a bet is benched? Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, can you blame Mitch Trubisky? I mean, look at the way he was criticized for the first three and a half weeks three and a half yep. games uh, about the conservative offense, not taking shots. And then he mm-hmm. gets his chance against the Buccaneers and he goes in, he, he wins that game. Um, yes, he you know, does. He's slinging it around the yard. He's uh, uh, he had that big play to chase clay pulled down, down on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And he basically won that game for the Steelers. Now he gets another opportunity 
similar situation, although he's going to get to do it for uh, a much longer stretch. And I think he just had that mindset. I'm not going to go out there. I'm not going to be conservative. And, uh, you know, I'm going to wing it. And, you know, unfortunately for the Steelers, you know, they could never get him out of that mindset. You know, it was, uh, especially in a game like that, you know, maybe somebody could have had a conversation with him and say, hey, you know, when we're in field goal range, we're not taking any chances, right? But he never did that. And he kept taking chances, uh, making wrong reads. And, uh, you know, even though the stats look good, Chris, and even though he did come out hot and, uh, you know, led the Seahawks to that first touchdown, I mean, F is the only grade you can give him in that situation. I just think um, uh, terrible decisions on the uh, – I think it was the last one. George Pickens is uh, out right. Deontay Johnson's out left. Pickens mm-hmm. has single coverage. He's yeah, wide open. Like, I on agree. A 14, 15-yard out or curl in, I forget, but I looked uh, over. I think it was a curl, but I, I, I remember that, yeah. He, he had a big five- or seven-yard cushion, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he throws to Deontay – Safety comes over the top, and it was almost like it was intended, you know, to go to the Ravens. I mean, it was just it was a it was a terrible decision. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it is what it is. This is what happens when uh, you got to go to your backup, and you know he doesn't get the reps during the week. But uh, in a way, I can't blame Mitch for for wanting to go out there and throw the ball around the yard. But certainly, you know, sometimes um, you know discretion is the better part of valor too. No, I, I agree. There is, a, there is a place where you have to kind of make the smart decision. And Mitch Trubisky even said in that situation, because personally, I think the problem wasn't necessarily the shot. It was not looking off the shot because in the in the fourth on fourth in the fourth quarter when they when he completed the deep ball to Deontay Johnson, Mitch Trubisky even said that was the same play that I threw the interception on. The difference was I remember to look off the safety, but he admitted on that interception he just didn't look off the safety. I think those are the things. I think I as a vet. I'm fine with, you know, you just missed on the pass because accuracy is so tough to measure in the NFL. It, it, you know, the, 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 the arc of the football, the, how much power you put into it, that takes it. But the technical things that you can do from just studying and being, make, maybe being smart on the field, that's where I think he needed to be better. And on that play, he stares down Deontay Johnson. So the deep single high safety, yeah. all he is is like, well, he's going that way. So I'm going to just break that way. And then that, that allows him to do it. And even if he miss, if he looks him off, then even if he misses Deontay Johnson, Steelers most likely keep the ball. Um, same thing happened on on the other interceptions. You know he's going over the over the middle. He's staring down Pat Fryermuth, and so Roquan Smith is is able to kind of just be like, well, he's going this way, so I'm gonna just stay right here. Yeah, Chris, if you're six years in to your NFL career and you don't know how to look safeties and linebackers off, um, there's not much hope for you. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the issue. Um, you know, with a guy like Mr. Biscay, mm-hmm. he's got a ton of athleticism. He's got a good arm, but sometimes um, uh, there's that intuitive part of the decision or, you know, the, the, the mental part of the decision, just processing things and understanding the game. I don't think he has it. And uh, like I said, if you're, if you're six years in and you're struggling with that type of stuff, um, you're probably not going to be a starting quarterback in this league. So, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate for the Steelers that, uh, you know, the turnovers happened the way they did yesterday. That was such a winnable football game against second yeah. and third string quarterbacks. I mean, the guy who made his NFL debut. I mean, how about Anthony Brown? You think he's going to remember that 
for the rest oh, of his life. Winning, winning, in, winning in Acrisure State, winning in Pittsburgh yeah. for Steelers. Ravens snapping a, a four-game losing streak that the, the Ravens couldn't beat the Steelers for years. I mean, depending on Lamar's situation down there, it could be a little bit of a Duck Hodges situation. You know, it, you might have to it, it very play well a little bit in a playoff yeah. race. So. And 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 see that and that's the I think that's the the other thing about this missed opportunity is that and the Steelers knew this uh, you know they, they they were addressing it after the game if they win this game they're six and seven Baltimore's probably still relying on him for for that thirty so Baltimore's falling down the ranks you have a chance to rise up the ranks and get into that wild card race uh, again a major missed opportunity for this team and now you're five and eight you would have to win out in your last four games against two teams that have already beaten you, an NFC South team and a Raiders team that can be up or up and down any time that they want, and you might not have your starting quarterback for, for those games. Uh, again, if they had found a way to win this game, they're still in the conversation, and then it's just, hey, hey can they survive Carolina next week and then get Pickett back healthy, and maybe they can figure some things out for the last three games. But they didn't do that in this game, and now the question is, what will they? What what is to focus on for the rest of this season? Because they do need to bring salvage something from this season, even if it's not a winning record or a playoff. It's finding things to build upon so that you can move forward. I'm going to talk about that with Ray in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzes and the Berg. Yinzes and the Berg is the place to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much, much more. Yinzers, listen up. Even though the Steelers are struggling, you want to support your guys, go get your favorite players' gear at Yinzers in the Berg. Also, the Penguins are red hot. You can get their gear there as well as Pirates, Pitt, and so much more Pittsburgh sports apparel. And it's easy. They got they got two legendary stores in the Strip District that you can visit at any time. And if you can't get to the Strip District, it's all right. They got you covered because they have YinzersPGH.com, their online website, and their store is growing every single week with more merchandise. So go to YinzersPGH.com or their stores in the Strip District to get check out Yinzers in the Berg, your ultimate place for Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipaldo. We're breaking things down here. Ray, let's take a step back from the game itself for a minute. Let's talk about what this team has to show moving forward. And this was always kind of the focus this year. You know, no one, no one was realistically thinking the Steelers were going to make a run or anything this year. But there was hope that certain things could develop, Kenny Pickett being the key part of that. But if Kenny Pickett has to sit for the next couple of weeks, uh, which maybe happens with a concussion protocol. The concussions are so hard to gauge as far as when they'll be back, when they won't be back, et cetera. If that if that does happen, what are the things that you're that 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 Steelers fans and that you are focusing on as a reporter to see who are the key guys that they, that, that that are going to that you need to develop and that need to grow this year so that next year you have a better starting foundation for where you're coming into training camp. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be a shame if uh, Pickett doesn't come back because what you're looking for is development and chemistry with that passing game, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what I want to see. I mean, the, the the running game, yeah, I mean, I suppose Najee Harris and, uh, you know, they, they can maybe finish strong and you can build off that. But to me, the entire future of this offense is, um, you know, Kenny Pickett developing those relationships with – Deontay Johnson and, and George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth. And if it's Mitch Trubisky throwing those balls, yeah, that's fine. You know, Pickens can still develop and all that stuff, but I don't know how much good it does. So, then Chris, if you flip it over to the other side of the ball, you know, we mentioned this at the top, um, Isaiah Laudermilk has to play 
down yeah. the stretch. The Marvin Leal has to play down the stretch. I mean, Tyson Alulu has been um, a true pro for the Steelers, but does he need yeah. to dress for the final month of the season? I think we know who he. We, he's. This is his probably his last year in the NFL. I, I think yeah. that everyone can kind of agree with that. And I'm right with you. You put in the young guys and see yeah. who's gonna who's gonna grow and who's got something so that you can say, hey, this, we're gonna plan on having yeah. this guy next year. Because if Loudermilk doesn't show anything, if he's at least not stuffing the run and taking on double teams and doing the dirty work, then you yeah. know, hey, we got to go reach back for more depth to replace him too. And then uh, if you want to go to the secondary, I don't know what's going on with William Jackson. I mean, Mike Tomlin said the back wasn't an issue when they acquired him, and now it's been an issue for five weeks. So yeah. um, if he does get healthy and they bring him back from IR, play him. I mean, yeah. I mean, you kind of know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of know what you got in James Pierre. You know, I don't think right. James Pierre played bad yesterday, but the Ravens weren't really interested in throwing the football. Right. Um, you know, play William Jackson. If you think he's mm-hmm. going to be – um, you know, someone you kind of want to take a look at that next year, then um, fine. You know, that, that, that's another move that you can make. But other than that, I mean, your backup safety is KZ. He already plays. Um, you know, unless TJ is hurt, you're not going to play Jameer Jones. I mean, there's not a lot of moves you can make, but I would definitely play some of those younger guys on defense or a guy like Jackson that you're not familiar with. Play those guys. And uh, just see what you have, so you can sort of do some some retooling and some rebuilding over the offseason. You have an idea of exactly what you want to do in free agency and the draft. That's I'm right with you. This is about figure and and like to me, this always happens. You figure out who are your guys that are fighting through the tough moments because that's the other part of this is too is you. It's not just on the field who wins, but who's who's focusing in the locker room because part of this is also figuring out this is this was never going to be the core that won the next big game, the next big Super Bowl, the next big year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But there's players in this core that you that you can take it for. And you know some of them are going to be T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, you're hoping Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, Kenny Pickett, uh, George Pickens, guys like that. But you need to find role players, and you need to see this from them as well. But this is where you get to test. Okay, you know, things haven't gone well. But even when things aren't going well, who's sticking sticking it out? Who's, stay, who's still coming to practice early? Who's still showing up for the workouts? Who's doing everything that they need to do to prepare for each week you could take that and learn and say hey you know what in the trenches that guy I can I can I can trust this guy in the fox so I can trust this guy next next to me and I can trust this guy to go out with this assignment and say hey when it's a game that does matter when things are on the line they've been through it before and you know I think it'll be interesting because this will be the first time eventually I mean the Steelers just realistically they're going to be eliminated from playoff contention and probably you know, two to three weeks, they're probably they're going to play at least one or two games this year where they are mathematically out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Ray, I don't think that's happened. Has that happened in the Mike Tomlin era that they've been mathematically eliminated before the final week? I because I, I thought it was 2012 and 2013, but in both of those years, there was a weird scenario that had to happen, but they had a chance. And I, I, a Mike Tomlin team has never had something to never not had something to play for. Yeah, that 2013. I mean, strangely enough, they would have gotten in. I think if uh, uh, if somebody made a field goal in that Chiefs Chargers game, I think, I think um, it was suck up. It was it was it was suck up both years. He needed yeah. to make one the first year and miss one the second year. Yeah, but to answer your question, Chris, I think there might have been one. There might have been one season where they mm. were eliminated in the final week, but it just doesn't happen around here. Like you said, it's going to be strange. 
um, if that Christmas Eve game is um, they're mathematically eliminated or that, that Ravens game, I mean, you're playing out the string for, for the last two or three weeks. Um, yeah, it, it'll definitely be something new. And it just won't be the coaches who are watching. Um, you have Andy Weidel, you have Sheldon White, you have a bunch of new scouts in that scouting department. Those guys are really paying attention too, because with the Colbert Tomlin regime, you kind of had their draft picks and, you know, they had their eyes on those guys. So if we're not talking about starters, maybe we're talking about longtime reserves, special teamers. How are those guys, you know, approaching, you know, uh, this final month when, when the playoffs aren't in reach? I mean, I, I really do think you could see a lot of turnover during the offseason because it's only natural. Omar Khan, Andy yeah. White, Sheldon White. They're going to want their types of guys or their guys in that locker room. And, um, yeah, I mean, Mike Tom is going to be involved, of course, but they're going to have a say-so in the types of guys that are brought in. So free agency draft next year. Um, if the coaches in the front office see some things they don't like over the final month, um, you can rest assured there's going to be some changes. Absolutely. We'll talk more about those changes as the week goes along. Follow Ray for the Pottle, Brian Badco, Jerry D. Like our whole team that'll be there at Steelers all week long, breaking things down and keeping you guys locked in on the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk more Steelers and more Pittsburgh sports on Wednesday's edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. That's you can find here in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. Thanks again for checking us out back Wednesday with more right here on this show. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.